Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the City of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. Thank you, Brenton. I am really excited about this time of year with uh, Operation Christmas Child and the shoeboxes. We always have a great time when we go to the collection center and we do all of that. It's always really fun. They, you know, play Christmas music and we're all dancing and singing while we're in the assembly line. So it's really fun. If you guys get a chance, you should come with us. So um, I am really excited to get a chance to just bring the scriptures to you today. Um, Those of you who have been here before or maybe you're new here, um, we go through the lectionary um, sort of casually and uh, what we end up doing is we find there's four different scripture passages for the week, usually an Old Testament, a New Testament from the gospel, a New Testament from one of the letters, and then also a psalm in there. And uh, we kind of pray over it and which, you know, one kind of is for our community that week, and we're starting to come near the end of all of the weeks that are beyond Pentecost. I believe this is the 24th week beyond Pentecost. I don't know if you remember Pentecost was way back in the spring, Um, but at the end of this month, we're going to enter into the season of Advent, where we begin to prepare our hearts and our spirits for Christmas, and that's always a really fun time. It's like the church calendar kind of starts all over again, and we, you know, in the hustle and bustle of the holidays, we all can get really distracted by all of the outside pressures and everything that comes with holidays. And so walking through the Advent together as a church and as a community is always just a good time to just pause and really reflect on why is it that we celebrate Christmas? Why are we going through all of these motions? And so I'm really excited that at the end of this month, we're going to be starting that up again. Um, But today, I just want to talk to you a little bit about What I kind of found interesting about these scripture passages um, for this week, and I'm really, I I just want to open in a word of prayer, if you don't mind, and then I want to just talk to you a little bit about what it means to be all in. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to come together as a community, to hear from your word, to experience your spirit today, Lord God. Thank you for that amazing worship and for what you are already doing in our hearts and our minds today. I ask, Lord God, that your words will be anointed, that you will touch our hearts, and that you will help us to be able to take this message outside of this building today to really make an impact in our lives and the lives of others. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about what it means to be all in, because as I read through the scripture passages for this week, and we may have just the references that we could put up on the screen, so if you want to snap a picture of that, and you could read through all of the passages in your own time, I would really encourage you to do that. Um, we're not going to have time to go through them all word for word today, although I have tried that in sermons past. Um, it can be a fun time, but I think today I'll let you study some of that on your own. Um, but I went through, sometimes these scriptures passages, I don't always see the immediate connection. Um, You know, 
I'm sort of new to the lectionary. I've only been doing it for the last maybe three years. And so I'm still figuring it out and kind of trying to see what it is that the Holy Spirit is working through these passages and how they connect. But as I was studying them, one thing in particular really popped out. It was really obvious, and it was this idea of two widows, one in the Old Testament in the First Kings passage and one in the Gospel in the, Mark's passage, in the Mark passage, and how they really sacrificed it all. They were all in. They gave everything that they had, which wasn't much, in service for God and for God's kingdom. Um, today, I want to really focus on uh, chapter in Mark chapter 12 and uh, verses 38 through 44. I'm going to read it to you from the message, and in case you don't have that version with you today, we'll have it up on the screen, but you can also flip through your phone. We're a very um, pro-phone church here at Refuge, so you can get that out. I'm not going to judge you if I see you looking at it. I'll just assume you're reading the scriptures with me. Um, But we're going to be in Mark chapter 12, 38 through 44. And I just, what I found interesting about this passage is that it's really, Jesus is talking about two different types of people. And the first type are religious leaders, scholars, teachers of the law, people who were sort of in charge of spiritual development in their communities. And then he notices one person amongst the crowd. And I want to read it to you real quick. Starting at verse 38, he continued teaching. This is Jesus. Watch out for the religion scholars. They love to walk around in academic academic gowns, preening in the radiance of public flattery, basking in prominent positions, sitting at the head table at every church function. And all the time, they are exploiting the weak and helpless. The longer their prayers, the worse they get. But they'll pay for it in the end. Sitting across from the offering box, He, that's Jesus, was observing how the crowd tossed money in for the collection. Many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up and put in two small coins, a measly two cents. Jesus called his disciples over and said, The truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all the others put together. All the others gave what they'll never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. Now, I know that this is a familiar passage to those of you who have been in church for a while. And usually this is used to encourage you to tithe, encourage you to put a few coins in the offering bucket. And I'm not saying don't do that We just had a slide up here on how you were able to give, if you like. But that is not what I got out of this passage this week. I didn't see two coins being dropped in. And I didn't see the amount or how little money she gave. What I saw was those last four words. She gave her all. 
What does it mean to be all in? I know you've heard that phrase before. It's usually used for um, sports or uh, maybe poker, you know. <laughs> maybe you're all in and you just shove everything into the middle of the pot and you're like, we're going to do this. Um, or maybe you're into sports and you are really giving it all out there on the field. You are running as hard as you can. You are putting in every effort that you possibly can. And that's really what that phrase means. It means to be fully committed to a task or an endeavor, to give or be prepared to give all of one's energy or resources towards something. It also can mean to be completely exhausted, fatigued, or worn out. And I think that is as a result of giving all of your energy and your resources to something. And I think about how we have so much more in us that we are able to give, that we are able to offer to the Lord, besides just our finances. We have our energy resources, right? We have how much we are able to get done during the day. How much are we able to invest in relationships around us? How much effort are we able to put in at our jobs or in school? All of that is going all in. And all of that can be done for the Lord. And it's so inspiring to me that this widow gave her all. She didn't have much. She could have held on to it. She could have said, I need all of this for me, so I'm going to just walk right past and not give anything to the Lord this week. She could have said, I'm only going to give one coin because I need the other one for myself. But she willingly gave it all. She went all in. And in the first Kings passage, there was another widow that did the same thing. And I'm not going to read all of the scriptures for you today, but to sum up the story, there was a prophet, Elijah, who was wandering through the desert, and it was the middle of a horrendous drought. Those of you who are from California, you understand droughts, right? There's no food. There's really no water source. There's nothing around as for him, and he's going to die of hunger. He's going to die of thirst. He's going to die of heat. And he comes upon this widow's home. And she has just enough resources to make one last meal for her and her young son. And that was her plan. She was going to make one last meal, and then they were going to settle in and await their death. And here comes a knock at her door. And here comes this weird guy who's like, hey, I'm really hungry. Could you, uh, could you get me something to drink? And she's like, okay. And while you're at it, oh, um, could you also bring me like a little something to eat? And she's like, um, wait a second. I don't really, I don't know you. I don't have enough for you. I don't even have enough for me and my son. But he says, if you would just trust in the Lord, he would make sure that there is enough. And so sure enough, she gives him the last of her resources. She puts it all in. And the Lord performs an amazing miracle that for the duration of that drought, he continues to replenish her oil and her flour and whatever resources she had. And it continued until the end of the drought. It wasn't like all of a sudden she opened her pantry and it was completely full and it was like she had just shopped at Costco or whatever and she was so excited. It was literally every time she opened the pantry, moths would fly out and it would just be a little oil and a little flour. And every time she made a meal, she had to trust in the Lord. Is this going to be our last meal? Okay, Lord, I'm going to give it all. And, I'm, and she would feed the prophet and then she'd feed her and her son. And then the next day, the Lord would provide again. She made a choice to be all in, which 
it's got to be so difficult when you think about how she had next to nothing. And that really struck me because I think sometimes we can get tripped up over the fact that maybe we have next to nothing. And so we think, maybe we're not thinking, I don't want to give it all because I don't have enough. Maybe we're thinking, I, don't, I can't give because what I have is not worth it. I don't have a lot. I don't have all these talents. I don't have, you know, an eloquent public speaking voice. I, I don't have, um, you know, all the money in the world. I don't have the best clothes or the best car or the best job or I'm, I'm not the, the most educated in the room. And so we think we don't have enough and so we don't really have anything worth offering to the Lord. I'm sure the widows in both of these stories felt the same way. And I want to encourage you that whatever the Lord has put in you, he wants to use that. And so I want to encourage you today to go all in and to really commit to the Lord with whatever it is that you have. Because that's how Jesus modeled for us. And the Hebrews passage today, and again, I, I, I want you to go home and I want you to study this. Because there's this passage in Hebrews that talks about why Jesus came to this earth. And he said, it says in Hebrews 9, which is part of the lectionary this week, um, that he sacrificed himself once and for all, summing up all the other sacrifices in this sacrifice of himself, the final solution of sin. Jesus went all in. And it's funny that today's song selection, I didn't speak to Yuli about this ahead of time, but how it mentions how we are no longer a slave to fear and that concept of being a slave to something kept coming up throughout worship because that's what another passage in Mark, when I was doing some of my studying, it threw me back a couple chapters to Mark 10, 45. And it said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. He willingly laid his own life down for others as a servant. And here's the thing. Jesus had everything. He was both man and God. He had every access to every resource that the Lord has for him and for each of us. And yet he willingly gave it up to come here to earth and to be all in because he wanted a relationship with you and with me. And to me, that is kind of what it is that I saw throughout each of these passages was this theme of being all in, of giving everything, whether you feel like you have enough or whether you are worthy enough or not. And what really struck me is that when I first read through the story in Kings about Elijah and the widows, I just kept thinking, like, how, how could he ask her to do that, to give up everything that she had? And, like, she was not a believer. Like, she wasn't a Jewish person. Like, she didn't follow the same God that Elijah followed. So for her, she was like, I'm come again." I'm sorry, can you say that again? What, what, you want me to do what? But she did it anyway. And God, this God that she did not follow, still came through and blessed her with more resources because she was obedient to him. And I just think that God would never ask us to do more than he would be willing to do himself. He would never ask us to give everything if he wasn't also willing to give everything. 
And there are things in our lives where we don't want God to have those. We don't, we don't want him to have access to that. There are, maybe there's something at your job or there's something that at home or there's something in your life that you are just not willing to hand over to the Lord. Maybe he's asking you to do that. He wants you to be all in because he wants to do amazing things, not just for you, but he wants to do amazing things through you for other people. And I think that is so important because that is what Jesus modeled for us. He didn't come down here for himself only. He came down here for us. He wanted us to have that reconciliation. He wanted us to have all access to everything that he had for us. And so he wants us to be all in so that we can be a servant to others. I came across this poem while I was reading through the lectionary passage. I was so excited because I got like a whole slew of new books this week. Like I may have an Amazon problem, um, but it was like every day this week my doorbell has rang. And then I had like a whole cart that I came to the office this week and I was like, I have all these books on Amazon that I want to order. And Brenton was like, I got you. And so he sent me some. And so I was really excited. So I literally have like a stack of books. But yesterday, one came in the mail that I was really excited about because it's a devotional for ministers that follows the lectionary. It starts with the week of Advent. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Like, it's only, it's like a few weeks away. I want to open it now. And so I flipped all the way to the back and I found the week that was for today's passages. And I was reading through this and it's really enlightening because it not only has the scripture passages, but it has prayers that you can pray, other writings that you can read to reflect on these scripture passages and different things. So I'm really excited. Like, I found a new devotional, you know, and it has, like, a new thing you can read every day that has to do with those passages. So it's really, I'm really excited about it. But one of the readings in there was actually a poem. And I thought it was really interesting because when I first read this, I immediately thought back to our series on Job. Because the poem is called A New Way of Struggling. It's by Susan W. N. Ruach. Now, I thought, why is it in this week's passage and not in the Job series? Because honestly, like that whole series is about struggling. And if you haven't heard the Job series, please go back and listen to it, either on our podcast or on YouTube, because it's really dynamic. Um, it'll give you something to think about for sure. But when I read through this, I first thought about the Job series and how we, we struggle with struggling. And then I kept reading through it, and I kept reflecting on it, and I kept thinking, okay, Lord, why is it in this week's passage? I'm going to read it to you, and I have it for the screen, so specifically because I want you to see how it's formatted on the page. Because poetry is different. It's not like reading an instruction manual. It's not like reading a novel. Really, it has a lot to do not just with how it sounds, but how it looks. And so I put it up on the screen because I want you to be able to see it as I read it to you. This is what Susan says. To struggle used to be to grab with both hands and shake and twist and turn and push and shove and not give in. But rest and answer 
from it all as Jacob did a blessing. But there is another way. To struggle with an issue, a question, to simply jump off into the abyss and find ourselves floating, falling, tumbling, being led slowly and gently, but surely, to the answers God has for us. To watch the answers unfold before our eyes and still to be a part of the unfolding. But oh, the trust necessary for this new way. Not to be always reaching out for the old handholds. I read through this poem and I thought, ah, isn't that what we just talked about? How we are constantly wrestling through struggling, looking for an answer. Why? What did we learn during the Job series? What should we not say? That there's a reason for everything, right? That God is always going to be using this for some purpose and that there's some reason for that. Instead of trying to go through struggle, searching for an answer to that struggle, as Jacob did a blessing, there's another way. Are we willing to go all in and just jump off, not knowing everything, not knowing how it's going to end, not knowing what God is going to do with the situation in our lives? Are we willing to just float and tumble and fall and watch the answers unfold even while we are doing the unfolding? Are we willing to be able to go all in and give up everything that we have, not for ourselves, but for someone else? Like, what if you go through all of this and you don't ever see the blessings, but someone else does? Is it worth it to you to go all in even when there may not be an immediate reward for yourself? To not always be reaching out for the old handholds. The Hebrew passage in today's, in this week's lectionary, talks about the difference between what used to be and how Christ has changed it. How they used to have to do sacrifices year after year after year of animals, but it wasn't sufficient enough, which is why they had to keep doing it over and over and over again. But then Christ came and became the ultimate sacrifice, so we don't have to do that anymore. But are we constantly reaching back? Are we putting things all in and then we're like, oh, no, 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 I, I need that actually this week, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take that back because I need that. Or are we willing to give it all and just leave it on the table? There are areas in our lives where God will challenge us to do just that. And I know that in this particular passage this week, both widows did that with material things. Sometimes God will ask you to give up material things, whether that's money or food, whether it's shopping for toys for a little shoebox, whatever it might be. But sometimes God will ask you to give up non-material things, like your time. Are you willing to go and sit with somebody who's grieving, even though your schedule is the busiest it's ever been? 
Are you willing to call a friend on the phone and offer to pray with them? Even if you don't really necessarily know how to pray out loud or you feel really uncomfortable when you do it, are you willing to call them and do it anyway? Are you willing to offer up your gifts and your talents, even though you're like, Lord, I want to serve you, but I don't know how I can possibly do this in your church? Maybe you have a gift or a talent that he's calling to be used outside of the church. Because I don't know if you realize this, but there's a lot of people outside of this church that he wants to use you to reach. Are you willing to give whatever it is that you have, big or small? Whether you have a million Instagram followers or you have 13, are you still willing to give everything that you have in order to serve those people that God has placed in your circle. We want to make sure that whatever we do, we do it unto the Lord. We want to make sure that whatever we offer, we refuse the temptation to take it back. I love what Yuli said during worship. And I'm going to go ahead and ask Jason to come up and just play a little as we pray out because I want you to be reflecting a little bit on what we experienced this morning during our songs. I love how she reminds us that this idea of adoption was unbreakable, only could be broken if the son left the father. And so I want to remind you that when you go all in, you are all in. God is not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to walk away from you. He's not going to look at what you have to offer and say it's not enough. And I want to ask you to reflect on whether or not you are ready to go all in. Are you struggling with an issue? Are you struggling with a question? We all are. But I want to encourage you today to jump off into the abyss fully trusting in this new way because God will use what you have to offer him for amazing miraculous things we have to be willing to offer it to him first so close your eyes I just want to pray over you and bless you as you go out today Lord, you are an amazing God. And you have done amazing things for each one of us. And there are people in this room, there are people online, who may be wondering if this is a message for them. Lord, we all have areas of our lives where we are reluctant to give it over to you big or small, there are things that we have that we are afraid to put on the table and to be all in. But Lord, you are a good God and we can trust you. And so I pray that you will work in our hearts, work in our souls and help us to let go of those things. I pray that we will not be like those religious leaders in Mark 12 that we will not do things because we want the recognition, that we will not do things for you, God, because we want to be noticed or we want to be put above anybody else. But Lord, that you will remind us 
to do these things with a servant's heart, to do these things for an audience of one, you and you alone. I thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us by filling us with your Holy Spirit, that the more that we are able to empty of ourselves, the more space we have for you to fill up again. So, Lord, I bless each and every person that is here today, and I ask that you will help them as they struggle, as they ask these questions, as they wonder where their answer is and how you can use them, that you would bless them with your presence this week. I pray that as they go out into Orange or whatever community they are a part of, that you will put on their mind specific tasks or people that you would like for them to reach out to. Show them a tangible way of your presence this week, Lord God. Show them a tangible way that they can be used for you. But most of all, Lord God, I pray that you will strengthen our faith, strengthen our trust, that no matter what it is that we face this week, Lord, you are with us, you go before us. And we just thank you, Lord God. And I ask these things in your name. Bless our community here at Refuge. And help us, Lord, to be all in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for coming to Refuge. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at RefugeChurchOC. We hope to see you again soon.